Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer, and welcome to Kramer and Brill, a fantasy football podcast. For me, you get 50 years of knowledge playing fantasy sports. From Eric, you get the kind of insight you can only get from a guy who's been a top player on the NFL stage. Top-notch quarterback for the Bears and Lions and Chargers. He's been there. He lends his first-hand knowledge to the things you need to guide your fantasy team to victory. Uh, you can find us on Radio.com, the mobile app, iTunes, Stitcher, Libsyn, and wherever you get your podcasts. Easiest way, perhaps, just get through all the noise. Just go to our website, KramerandBrill.com, and the podcasts are listed on the podcast page or right at the top of the homepage. It just says, click here for the latest podcast. Just click there and take it home. KramerandBrill.com. So let me introduce to you my friend, my colleague, and co-host Eric Kramer, who is not in studio with us today, but on the phone because he's not in town. So he joins us on the phone. So week 11 is in the books. And let's take a look at uh, how we did uh, uh, with a week of absolute bust. Wouldn't you call it that? <laughs> well, uh, it's certainly with the Bears and the Rams, yes. It was just kind of a weird week, you know. Uh, I, I'm it not was sure starting exactly. on Thursday night, yeah. Wow. You know, and, and, and we'll get to with, the... With your Steelers-Browns. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're going to talk about the fight coming up here in a little bit. But uh, First of all, the huge deal of the day was Lamar Jackson and the Ravens absolutely embarrassing Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Watson, for the most part, had negative fantasy points on the day and in a huge 41-7 to loss, which included six sacks, a fumble, an interception, 169 yards passing. Uh, Jackson, on the other hand, had four touchdowns, 86 yards rushing, and 222 passing. Other terrible moments, everyone on the Steelers, including the defense, and we'll get to the fight a little bit later. Uh, other big plays, uh, well, the guys who didn't fare well, Jacoby Brissett, 148 yards, Carson Wentz, 214 and a touch, Jared Goff with 173 uh, pick and no scores, Kyle Allen, 325, four picks, no TDs, Mason Rudolph had four picks, and Phillip Rivers had four picks. It was kind of that kind of day. The guys who had strong days were Dak Prescott, 444, three scores, no picks, Josh Allen, we said, uh, would have a great day against Miami, and he did, 256 yards, three touchdowns, plus another with his feet. It was good for around 50 fantasy points. Garoppolo, 424 and 4 TDs. Sam Darnold showed up with 4 TDs and 293. How about John Brown? Nine catches, 137, a pair of scores. And McCaffrey was 70 on the ground, 11 catches, 121, and two scores in the air. Now let's get to how we did for you. Again, we really liked Josh Allen, and he was a superb pick. We also liked Jeff Driscoll, subbing for Matt Stafford, who his uh, 209 and a total of three TDs, that was sound. We liked Cousins against Denver, three touchdowns. Did not like Juju Smith-Schuster, and he busted out, left early with a concussion. We thought James uh, Jameis Winston would be solid, and he was. With 313, two scores, we didn't see the four picks. But still, a solid fantasy day. Uh, we said Gallup uh, was one to watch uh, this week, and his nine catches, 148, even without a score, was good. We even really liked Debo Samuel, and he did not disappoint, 8 for 134. Calvin Ridley was good, 8 for 143 in a score, as were Michael Thomas, Stephon Diggs, and DJ Clark. Now, we really liked Mark Andrews in Baltimore, and his four for 75 and a score on four targets. That was worth it. Ross Dwelley was someone who we recommended, and his four catches, two more touchdowns, was solid. The only player we really liked in Pittsburgh was Jalen Samuels, and his five catches and a touch to go with his 26 yards rushing was good. I like Caleb Bellage in Miami. His 12 points were worth it if you needed a bye week guy. Uh, we said to stay away from Finley in Cincinnati. That was a good choice. Uh, 13 to 31, 115 yards and a pick. Also, we said you should be sticking with Ryan Griffin, who led all tight ends with 109 on five catches and a score. We said to watch the Steelers rookie Tony Brooks-James. He ended up being cut after the Thursday night game. Too bad for that. 
Uh, in the Monday night game, Philip Rivers threw four interceptions despite 353 yards. Austin Eckler had a fine day. He catches 108 and 24 on the ground. No touchdowns, but Melvin Gordon had 69 and a pretty pedestrian day. Uh, Kelsey was Kelsey, 7 for 192 and a touch. Mahomes off a bit, 182 in the air, and uh, Daryl Williams looked good carrying 11 times when Damian Williams went out. To be honest, most players really were very pedestrian this week. On the defense, both Pittsburgh and San Francisco could not suck it up this week. They both had scores in single-digit fantasy points. New England and Baltimore showed some elite status. The Falcons had a very surprising day. And, uh, well, that kind of wraps that up. And how about some surprises and disappointments on your end of the sector? Okay. Well, let's go ahead and start with the quarterbacks who, uh, you know, one of the guys that's playing well this year as a rookie that I did not expect to be doing this well, this consistently, at least early on, is Kyler Murray. And despite having no running game support, you know, he's providing whatever running game they do now have. And he's also throwing the ball and, and throwing the ball well down the field. And so I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with his output. Um, I've loved Kirk Cousins all year long, except for whenever he had that game against the Bears where he barely showed up. But now that um, the, the Vikings are pretty much down to one wide receiver and Stephon Diggs, he's showing up solid every week. Mason Rudolph, or I'm sorry, uh, Kyle Rudolph is showing up solidly, also getting into the end zone. And then Josh Allen, you know, is playing well in Buffalo and is becoming, now that I look at him play a little bit more, he's throwing the ball. He's making very decisive reads, throwing the ball confidently. And I think the bigger part to his game is how much of a weapon he is in the running game. They he ran really a, is. Yeah, he, right? He, he, they, ran, they ran a, a uh, what is it, a zone read concept where he pulls the ball out and walks into the end zone because they're now starting to uh, respect Buffalo's running game, and he's becoming a big part of it. He's sort and of like joining that the, the crowd of um, uh, Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson and not, maybe not quite Patrick Mahomes, but you know, he's sort of in, in that mold of these quarterbacks that are, are, are providing that offense with their feet. I agree with you 100%. I think he's more in the mold. He's not quite Lamar Jackson because he doesn't have – quite as much uh, shake and elusiveness to him, but he's big, he's fast, he he outruns defenders, cons- even I'm talking about the DBs he outruns. And so, yeah, I think he's becoming a solid week, week-to-week uh, fantasy play. Lamar Jackson, obviously, I think as a, a, a guy who's throwing the ball is up at the top of the game throwing the ball, but he's I think he's the best running back when he gets his hands on the ball and it becomes part of their running game, he's as, he's as elusive, if not more, than any running back in the league. Shifty. So, <laughs> very shifty. And had he should have had at least three or four runs in this last game where he would have been tackled behind the line of scrimmage. Instead, they were 10, 15, 20, 30-yard gains. Not a lot of quarterbacks are in that category. In fact, I would put none other than Lamar Jackson. I'll tell you, that one run he had for the touchdown where he broke away and uh, he dropped back and then scrambled was just, just incredible. It was like people were just falling on the ground trying to tackle him. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I love his game. I think in the AFC we've been looking for a team to replace or supplant the Patriots. And I think at this sort of uh, a, little bit lo- a little bit more than the midway point of the season, I think that team – is now the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, they're playing good defense. The they're playing good offense. I mean, what they did to Deshaun Jackson, uh, Deshaun Watson this week was just incredible. Yeah, I mean, he's an obviously a, a fantastic talent quarterback-wise himself, and they just overwhelmed 
him and their entire offense. Um, but I think, you know, if we look further on past the quarterbacks, I think what San Francisco is now is, I think, what people expected Cleveland to be this year, right? So they've been drafting up high for the last several years. Yeah. A lot of their draft picks are now working out very well. They've got a solid quarterback play in Jimmy Garoppolo, um, and they've added some key free agents who are starting to help out as well. Um, I think Oakland has come up and shown me that I think they are the front runner right now to win the AFC West. And uh, I think, uh, you know, the Bears pretty much have, you know, I was at that game against the Rams, and I think it's pretty much the Bears are not going to overcome what they now are. And I think Mr. Biskey is really the single reason why. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so, if we get to talk further about Miles Garrett, I'll give you my thoughts on him as well. Yeah, we're going to come up with that here in a couple of minutes. Matter of fact, I want to jump on the injury front first. Uh, Marlon Mack broke his hand. He's going to miss at least one game, if not more. Smith Schuster, we mentioned, and James Conner out again with a shoulder injury. Deontay Johnson went out with a concussion uh, in Pittsburgh as well as uh, during that brutal game. Other key injuries Cincinnati Bengals receiver Auden Tate uh, carted off the field, strapped on the backboard after suffering a really scary injury in the fourth quarter against the Raiders. Uh, Denver Broncos. Fullback Andy Janovich uh, suffered an elbow injury. Second quarter, he didn't return. Uh, Debo Samuel, um, uh, shoulder questionable. New Orleans uh, Saints uh, tight end um, Josh Hill, he sustained a concussion. Uh, Josh Oliver, we mentioned, suffered a back injury. Uh, Patriots wideout Philip Dorsett suffered a head injury. So these are all guys you should keep your eye on this week. Now, just came up today, Miami Dolphins waived running back Mark Walton. He was arrested uh, Tuesday morning on a charge of aggravated battery on a woman. According to the police, uh, the, the Walton was accused of pushing the woman into a wall and punching her several times. Uh, Walton is uh, currently being booked in the Broward County Jail. Uh, okay, so now for the worst thing we've ever seen in football, uh, the fight at the end of the Steelers game when the Browns, uh, Miles Garrett tackled Mason Rudolph after the pass was thrown, and then the fight began and ended with Garrett taking Rudolph's helmet and cracking him over the head with it, and Mar uh, Marquis Pouncey kicking Garrett in the head. Fines, ejections, suspensions followed. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this at, at all, uh, in, in any, let alone football. I don't think we've seen it in the, in the boxing matches. <laughs> I could not believe what, what I was watching. I was watching it from over to a friend's house, and uh, he and his wife were there, and and their kids, I could not believe, none of us could believe what we were seeing. And uh, it came out of nowhere. I don't know what the heck Miles Garrett was even thinking, but clearly, he to me, he should have ended the night in jail. And my personal opinion is he should be ejected, not only for this game and the rest of the season, but I think he should be excluded from ever coming back to the NFL again. Yeah, it's, just, it's a tough one. Uh, it's a tough one. So, uh, and... and yeah, and the other guy that came in behind him, Okajobi, um, oh, with the Okajobi uh, with the yeah. Browns, I think he that was ridiculous as well. And so, yeah, I, uh, you know, I think I heard one of the commentators the next morning talking about, hey, if you really wanted to stick up for the guy that was on the ground getting beat up, you don't go attack attack Marquise Pouncey, and, and that was just, uh, I think the whole thing was ridiculous, and and. Uh, you know, I I think in addition to what has gone on so far, I think the thing to do to me is 
to never let Miles Garrett back on the field. Bottom line is uh, Garrett Garrett's suspended for the season, may not come back uh, next year. He has to go before the commissioner and stuff. Who knows what's going to happen there. Marquise got uh, um, three games. Okajobi got one. Now, it's come up several times. Uh, you know, I, I was in favor of Marquise getting some suspension. I mean, he was kicking a guy in the head while he was on the ground. I mean, you know, he mm-hmm. lost it too. Obviously, Garrett lost it. And um, so I'm, and but the talk- I, I kind of equate it to this, though. If you're a dog owner, I'm not saying what Marquise Pouncey did was right. Mm-hmm. What I mean, what I am saying, if you're a dog owner, and some, and you feel your job is to protect your owner, mm-hmm. so Marquise Pouncey didn't start this. Right. This is 100% Miles Garrett. Not saying Marquise Pouncey is the right thing, or that he shouldn't be suspended. But to zero in on Marquise Pouncey, I think is completely. Um, the wrong thing to focus in on. Oh, I, I do too. I, I, I do think he deserved the suspension. Now, the, the question came up, and this has always been a discussion, and I heard players talking, and, and you were a quarterback in this situation. Uh, if that happened in a situation where you're at where you're the quarterback and you had the same situation where Marquise Pouncey is, uh, the defense was I was defending my quarterback, I was defending my teammate. Okay, uh, And he comes and he throws some punches, and Garrett's still on top of him, and then there's another player on top of Garrett and who's on top of Rudolph, mm-hmm. and the player's down, and Garrett has his helmet on, and Marquise Pouncey starts kicking um, uh, Miles Garrett in the head. Obviously, mm-hmm. he lost it as well. I mean, yep. uh, it, when you're is it in, in the locker room after that, you're saying, okay, this was a guy who was defending me as my teammate. That's what everybody's standing up for. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where does that... What is that? How do you deal with that? Well, the, okay, so let me back up. The way Marquise Pouncey, in my opinion, attacked Miles Garrett is kind of the way the NFL should attack Miles Garrett. Okay. There should be no, I mean, the, the NFL should be in the business of defending its players from its players or player in this case. All right. And, and I think they need to send a message to not just these current NFL players, but f- more importantly, future NFL players. The, the fact that this thing, that somebody reacted this way, and if they get a suspension and lose time this year, okay, that's one thing. You come back next year, Miles Garrett's playing, it's all forgotten, True. in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that uh, as a player, if Marquise Pouncey, was my center, and he began doing what he did to Miles Garrett in reaction to what Miles Garrett did to, for me. I think in the Pittsburgh Steel locker room that galvanizes the entire locker room. Well, there's a lot of fines going out on this one too. Even uh, they're going to find Rudolph as well. So uh, they haven't announced what for what? Doing. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, I'm the for, same thing. For being <laughs> a punching bag. Yeah. No, I I felt the same way. Uh, I I think what it was was you know the fact and there are appeals being made so these fines and suspensions may not stick to what they are. Uh, he was grabbing Miles' helmet, uh, Miles Garrett's helmet, and trying. It, it looked did like Miles Garrett's helmet like, come off. No, it didn't. Now, and I I'm totally in agreement. Once him. he got it off, did he hit Miles Garrett, Garrett over the head with it? That's that's true too. You know, no, I. Every, no, no, you you can't project what Miles Garrett did to Mason Rudolph and say well. Mason Rudolph was trying to do the same thing. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. 
Uh, you know, it, it was a fight that was going on between two guys. It should have been left to two guys, and it should have been broken up by their teammates on both sides, pulling those guys apart, and then deal yeah. with it. You know how sometimes uh, you'll see referees jump in the middle of, of guys? <laughs> they didn't jump in this one. <laughs> not this referee. And they didn't even throw a flag till late. anything to do with that. What's they didn't that? even throw a flag till late. They watched it. Exactly. So. Yeah, they just were. They were, they were just like the rest of the fans in the, in the stadium at that moment. Well, I have a feeling what, what it's going to sort out. I I think you know the the guys are going to play until the appeals are over. Obviously, they have to do the appeals. Uh, I I don't think Miles Garrett should be playing, especially in two weeks when they play the Steelers again. Um, and I I think probably they'll reduce the fine or the um, uh, the Marquis uh, Pouncey. Um, suspension. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd hope so. To maybe one game. I would hope so. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, he deserves something. Uh, but uh, three games, I think, is way too much, especially when Uncle Joby only gets one. Okay. Moving on. Uh, trending down this week: Marlon Mack, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tom Brady, Kyle Allen, Matt Safford, uh, Nick Chubb, DeAndre Hopkins, Philip Dorsett, and Tyler, uh, Tyler Eifert. Trending up this week: uh, Niam Hines, uh, John Brown, Calvin Ridley, Dak Prescott, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, the Patriots defense, Mark Andrews, and Josh Allen. Um, and, and what I is think with Jeff Driscoll's to be in there too? Okay, we'll throw him in there too. Uh, on on the upside, because I, th- I think you're right. He's because yep. uh, he's probably going to play the, again this week. And what is it with all these quarterbacks named Allen? We have three NFL starting quarterbacks with the last name of Allen. Right. <laughs> right. And you've got Josh Allen, the defensive end. you got Allen Robinson, the wide receiver. you got, you know, they're all over the place. <laughs> and uh, But what what is, what is it with quarterbacks being named Josh Allen? I don't know. I don't know either. I just know that <laughs> all three of them at times have played very well this year. So this is our, um, oh, golly, our ninth bye week. Uh, missing from the action this week, the Cardinals, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Vikings. So if you have guys uh, there, you'll want to replace them. And, and that's where our next section is so important, uh, the waiver wire. So let's go to the waiver wire and the players you should be looking at this week. Now, I'm Hines in Indy because with Mac out, he'll get more than just receiving yards, more than likely. But we also think you should be looking at Jonathan Williams if he's out there for the same reason. Uh, Marcus Johnson uh, is picking up uh, some slack where uh, there is well with T.Y. Hilton still MIA. Uh, we still like Josh Reynolds and the Rams who had a huge TD, uh, TD called back due to a penalty. And with Robert Woods missing for personal reasons last week, we like him a lot. Wayne Gallman in New York if Barkley is still a no-go. Fonta Freeman out in Atlanta. We still recommend Brian Hill, but add Ken John Barner to the mix as well. And don't forget Kadri Allison who scored a touchdown for them. If Tariq Cohen is available, he is definitely worth watching as he's out playing David Montgomery in Chicago. Uh, Tim Patrick, the wideout in Denver, is available for most leagues and his four for 77 it's going to draw some attention this week uh jeff driscoll and bo scarborough both good looks for bye week pickups kenny stills remains available in a lot of leagues alan hearns in miami uh, irv smith in minnesota may be ready for more than just dynasty leagues uh Nikhil harry in new england had three for 18 with dorset being injured he's a play and he's a number one draft pick too so he may be ready to play after his uh, long uh, ir stint uh, both angalore and sanders in philadelphia are playing behind injured players so if they're available grab them Trey Edmonds and Johnny Holton in Pittsburgh deserve a look this week. Debo, uh, also um, uh, Dwelly and Bourne, all worth a look in uh, San Francisco this week. Uh, running back uh, Darius Geis in Washington if you absolutely need a running back. So let's get to the games. Thursday night, Colts and Texans. Texans coming off one of their worst defeats ever with Deshaun Watson scoring negative fantasy points. We'd expect them to rebound, but the defense is porous right now, and the offensive line couldn't protect Watson at all. So while Watson's a play, if 
you have other options, you might want to consider them. Kenny Still seems to be uh, a play here aside from the regular guys like Hopkins. I definitely like Carlos Hyde for Indy. Jonathan Williams is a play um, with Mac out. I still consider Dime Hines as a flex play, and Eric Ebron should be good. Actually, all the wideouts uh, should be considered given the lack of experience now in the Houston secondary. Uh, Brissett's a good option this week if, if healthy. I love Brissett. I, mean, I know you I, do. I, I know he had a fairly pedestrian game last week. However, it was his first game back from injury. I've heard that T.Y. Hilton is a possible uh, go this week. And if so, I'd, I'd start both of them if you have them. And, uh, and I, too, like you, I think Hopkins is, is the Texans' most consistent weapon, although Deshaun Watson, I think, having a bad game he'll he'll rebound this week also um, i think i also like carlos hyde because he's anytime they get in the red zone uh you know he's always an option down there um but i, I like you i i love what the colts are doing this whole entire season offensively and even though marlon mack is down as you we've mentioned before and you have mentioned today there are other options backing him up so yeah, I think this is going to be a solid game. I think it's going to be somewhat of a rebound game for the Texans, um, but I certainly like the Colts offensively in this one. All right, Broncos and Bills. Broncos go from the frying pan to the fire, losing to Minnesota and now facing Buffalo. A Sutton, Patrick, and Fant are worth starting. Lindsey and Freeman are worth at least the flex. Uh, Brandon Allen is a no-go for me. Josh Allen for Buffalo is a solid start in the battle of the Allen boys. Uh, John Brown looks like a wrecking ball, and Devin Singletary should have at least a pedestrian day, and this team should get some volume, if nothing else. Devin Singletary, I'm telling you, just watching him the last few weeks, he is explosive. You know, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but he's like a Christian McCaffrey in that when he gets the ball in his hands and there's even a hole, even when there's not a hole, he makes a hole. And uh, I just, I think he's a dynamic player that's going to be consistent week to week. And especially when you've got the quarterback, Josh Allen, playing as well as he is and being as effective a runner as he is in the running game, I think makes Devin Singletary even that much more valuable as well. And John Brown, as you said, he's been so consistent uh, every game this week or uh, this year. Giants and Bears, hey, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks for flipping that over. Yeah, yeah I, I like the Giants in this one, I think, because Daniel Jones, even though he's been a bit inconsistent, has a tendency to play well uh, or at least play better then he like last week he did not have a great game, but I think that gives the uh, uh, the momentum back to him to have a better game against the Bears, who I think have played consistent at times this year defensively and authoritatively, but they've also not shown up in games uh, like against the Raiders this year. So um, I think what what bothers me about the Bears and has really for the last several weeks is, is Mitchell Trubisky, and just watching him in the last game against the Rams. There were just so many throws he just fell away from and didn't really uh, anticipate throws very well. And I, there's, you could just see that there's a point in the game where he quit looking down the field at all. And that's if that's your quarterback as an offense, it's going to be hard for you to consistently move the ball when you're having to get uh, four and five first downs just to get across the field. So I think that um, – you know, for that reason, I like the Giants. I think in this one, and uh, uh, you know, I'm not high on the on the Bears receivers either. And that includes Allen Robinson, who I was higher on earlier in this year, but having seen him come up a little short, dropped a couple of passes in this past game against the Rams, 
makes me down on him as well. So I'm, I like the Giants here, I think, going into uh, this game. Well, I, I think your uh, Bears record for most passing yards in the season is safe this year. <laughs> Once again, <right. laughs> but meanwhile, I, the Giants still suck, and the Bears, you know, while they're better, I, they're still having issues, like you said. I, I like Tariq Cohen here. I like Taylor Gabriel on the Giants side. You should be looking at Wayne Goldman if Barkley can't go, but only as a flex, if anything. Uh, Daniel Jones, the better bet here, and with uh, Ingram and Slayton, uh, Shepard, he still has some health issues, so you want to watch that. Steelers and Bengals, so hard to see the Steelers not playing well against the Bengals, but with so many injuries, a patched up line, and lots of hard luck, it wouldn't surprise me to see them uh the Bengals get their their first win here I hope not but um, you know I'm not really optimistic I, I do think the Steelers D will come back strong and put the fear of the NFL into Finley I like Jalen Samuels here if Connor can't go I normally like Washington too but only as a flex this week and for the Bengals with Austin uh, Auden Tate uh, facing an injury uh really no one here to recommend I think the Steelers this week this is a huge game for them because having gotten Bears last week against the Browns, which I didn't see coming at all, uh, and then Mason Rudolph to have had, I think, his worst game as a Steeler, and it looks like the Steelers' season is now riding on how Mason Rudolph does, this is going to be a big week for him to see how he responds after last week's national attention-grabbing finish to that game. And I think if he comes out and early in this game, starts to be able to complete throws and finish drives and, at the very least, not make horrendous plays that end up losing in the game, I think this could be a good game for the Steelers and Mason Rudolph in particular. Um, and I think, you know, like you had been alluding to this last few weeks, Jalen Samuels is a good play, and especially, as you said, if James Conner's hurt. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, and despite the fact that Ryan Finley went to NC State, and normally I will back every NC State quarterback, but so far in his rookie year, he's not done, in the two games he started, he's not done all that well, and so I, I would look for him not to do well again against a very good Steelers defense. All right, Dolphins and Browns. I like Kalen Balaj again as the RB2 reflects. I do like Beckham this week, and with Kareem Hunt in the mix taking snaps away from Nick Chubb, I'm on Chubb as a flex play. Same with Hunt. And Fitzpatrick, well, if you need a bye-week quarterback, he's there. I'm a little lukewarm, I would say, on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he, against the Browns, uh, their defense, I think, is going to play well enough to give him some trouble. And uh, I, I just, at this point in the season, this is kind of where Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, is very questionable in some of the decisions he's made and has been for the last couple of weeks. So I, I actually like the Browns in this game to dominate the, the Dolphins. Buccaneers at Falcons. Uh, Got to like the Falcons and Matt Ryan here with the receivers as well. Hill's a play at running back due to Freeman's injury. Kenjin Barner worth a look as a flex. Uh, James Winston may not get the kind of volume he normally does after Atlanta's strong showing on the D last week. So he's an option, but not a great one. Mike Evans and Ronald Jones are plays this week. Cameron Braid has come quietly alive in recent weeks. and So look for him to have a, a good game and a good week at uh, tight end. Surprising to me, this, at this point in the season is how well the Falcons' defense is playing these last few weeks. Um, dynamic, I'd say, comes to mind. And with Jameis Winston and the way he finished that game last week, it was, uh, yes, he made some throws, but he really, uh, I think, made some horrible decisions. And that's kind of what Jameis Winston is more often than not. And I think the way the Falcons' defense is playing, I don't like that matchup. 
So I don't like really any of the, the Tampa Bay options. Uh, but the Falcons certainly are loaded offensively, and their defense is now playing very well. And especially with Devonta Freeman out, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to throw the ball more, but uh, I think the running backs are still going to get some, some decent reps. Maybe not a lot of volume, certainly, but uh, I, I think the uh, Ridley's come alive recently, lately, too. He, so that's good. He has. Now, and they've got, you know, not only Ridley and, and Julio Jones, too. So, and then Austin Hooper's stellar in the red zone. Panthers at Saints. Defensively, the Panthers look really bad right now, and that means big days for everyone on the Saints. So I would start all the Saints on the Carolina side, aside from McCaffrey, D.J. Moore, and Curtis Samuel are definite plays. Kyle Allen, risky for me this week, uh, and, uh, you know, another one of those Allen quarterbacks. <laughs> well, all the more, yeah, exactly. But all the more reason, I think, if you can pick up the Saints' defense, this could be, a, you know, a solid double-digit 15, 18, 20-point game for the Saints defense, considering that, uh, you know, that the other Allen quarterback has been very inconsistent lately. And, uh, you know, there's, they're going to, you, you have to figure they're going to shut down the running game. So any, uh, you know, uh, the play is going, everything's going to fall on Allen's shoulders as a quarterback to get the ball, push the ball down the field. And that's, I think, where Saints are going to come up with some interceptions and sacks. Seahawks at Eagles, uh, nothing to write home about in Philadelphia. I'm not liking anyone here except maybe Ertz uh, for Seattle. I'm liking most everyone, especially after a week off for a bye. Josh Gordon is getting into the mix, so keep an eye on his snaps and the reps during the week over Metcalf and Lockett, uh, who is having leg issues but should be probably a good to go this week. Yeah, and I I think, uh, to me, DK Metcalf a couple of weeks ago uh, started – sort of asserting himself into their offense. Now that you said he's had a week uh, extra to prepare with the bye week, you know, I think this could be a fantastic that uh, not only the Seahawks go out to Philadelphia and win a game, I think DK Metcalf uh, continues his surge and trend upward in the fantasy league. Lions at Redskins. Lions and Redskins look like this. Skins still look like a team in disarray, and no one here is worth starting above a flex, even McLaren. Uh, Lions have Driscoll, a quarterback who's worth a bye week consider, and so is Scarborough. Uh, Galladay and Jones are solid, and Hawkinson, as usual, is kind of iffy. He's really been relegated to dynasty league status for me. Well, I would agree with you on Hawkinson, but as we talked about, and I've said earlier in the show here, I love the way Driscoll's playing right now. He's kind of reminds me again of Josh Allen. He's dynamic other than just being a good passer. He's a dynamic runner in in their part of their running game as well. And then, uh, you know, Scarborough and Galladay also good plays. And I think I love the Lions defense against the Redskins because the Redskins offense is going is playing so poorly at, with a rookie quarterback in Haskins that sacks and interceptions are almost a given. I think you have to really sit along with that, too. I mean, I, I would play them definitely this week. I would rate the Lions D uh, probably in the top six this week playing against the Redskins. Uh, Raiders at Jets, Carr and Jacobs still solid, so is Waller. Renfro worth a look, as is Zay Jones, if you're down to picking up a bi-week guy with a little upside. Uh, Darnold is playing well, but I have him as iffy this week, and if he's solid, so is Le'Veon Bell. So take your best shot here, but Ryan Griffin, he's a good start. Yeah, I think their best guy on the Jets is Ryan Griffin. and uh, But I, I, I love the Raiders' defense. You know, and this could be a game where the Raiders step up and defensively shut down the Jets. And um, uh, even though Darnold, you know, looks to be having put a couple good games together here, I'm not so sold on on their system of and, and Adam Gase as a play caller. 
Uh, I just I like the Raiders and where they're headed right now, and I don't see they're six and four. I've I've in my mind the Raiders are going to win that AFC West. I don't see them tripping up on the Jets this week. Jaguars to Titans. Uh, Jags uh, should come off a tough loss at Indy with a big win at Tennessee. So go with DJ Clark, Fournette, and Conley, as well as Westbrook. Uh, Titans coming off a bye week. Uh, should get Derrick Henry going, and Ryan Tannehill will be okay for another bye week play. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm with you. I like Fournette. I think uh, is having a solid fantasy year, and Minshew's distributing the ball well. Uh, I think Conley is is to me their best receiver, most consistent. Um, but yet, you know, here the Titans are no pushover, and uh, I think Ryan Tannehill is hitting his stride as a passer. And uh, I think this is going to be one of the better games of the week in terms of you know how close it is. I think both offenses could uh, you know score in 24, 27 point category. So this could come down to a late game field goal. Cowboys at Patriots, premier matchup of the week. Uh, Dak will be impressive, but will turn the ball over, and the Patriots uh, will uh, likely stuff Elliott as other teams have recently. So while you must start Elliott, I'd reduce him to a flex play and make that match your choice if you've got a couple other running backs you want to throw in there. Uh, go for Gallup and Cobb as well as Amari Cooper. Uh, Patriots defense solid. I do like Nikhil Harry and Sanu this week. I look at this maybe a little differently in that I don't think Dak's going to turn the ball over. I think he has shown me that he's had some just, you know, tremendous weeks, including last week, where he does not put the ball uh, up for grabs. And he's a dynamic, um, I think, quarterback at the line of scrimmage, getting the team into the right plays. I think he gets out of pressure well. He's very effective uh, on the run and yet still throwing the ball down the field. Um, I do like Zeke Elliott. I think, you know, the the touchdown he scored last week on the screen pass. That was amazing. I that think, was a great pass yeah, reception. <laughs> and, and fantastic. And he's, he's, he's an excellent pass uh, receiver out of the backfield. And uh, I think he's, in my opinion, playing, again, uh, playing behind such a strong offensive line. He's part of the reason Dak Prescott is so effective throwing the ball down the field because of some of the play action passing they do. Um, so I, I think Elliott's going to have too. Well, in that game, you know, I didn't. They haven't been targeting him as much, and I think it's because maybe to keep him in to, uh, you know, uh, to do some blocking and then roll out uh, after, you know. Yeah, and I think they've they've taken a page from some of these other uh, teams in where the say the Rams have overworked Gurley last year. I think Ezekiel Elliott is on a good pace to begin hitting his stride in the last four or five weeks of the season. Um, anyway, I just I think the Cowboys. Uh, stack up well against the Patriots. Offensively, the Patriots are trending down, since that is a word. (laughs) You know, in fantasy world, it's how you trend up or down. I think the Patriots are going down right now, and uh, I think the Cowboys are going up. And I I love, uh, you know, all the offensive weapons with the Cowboys. I love the Cowboys' defense this week. And, uh, you know, I I see the Cowboys winning this game. Packers at 49ers, another premier matchup. Aaron Rodgers against the Niners' defense. Now, Rodgers has not done well with good pass rushes this season, and the 49ers have one of the best. So look for Rodgers' production to be down, which means the receivers will be down as well. Uh, they're coming off a bye, so I do like Jimmy Graham and Devontae Adams. And you must start Aaron Jones, obviously, alongside Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Niners' defense will rebound after an off week, but on offense, uh, we do like Garoppolo and Debo Samuel. If Kittles is still out, and it looks like he will be, Ross Dwelly is uh, go, and he's solid. If you're going to use an RB uh, here, it's Coleman. And Emmanuel Sanders is playing hurt, so you may want to keep an eye on him and keep an eye on the injury list this week. 
Yeah, I, I think the fact, that, to me, this is a premier matchup because these are two of the top teams in the NFC, and the 49ers playing at home, they've only got one loss, but they have also made a lot of statements this year about how solid they are defensively, how solid they are running the ball, which they did not do a great job of last week. And um, and I think Garoppolo is asserting himself as one of the better quarterbacks in the league. So I like the 49ers to, to, to win this game uh, against Green Bay. Uh, not only the 49ers at home, but I think they're just playing well offensively, defensively, and on special teams. Ravens at Rams, uh, third showcase game of the weekend, has the soaring Ravens against the sinking Rams. Ravens defense uh, too much for Goff and the Rams, uh, so look for Lamar Jackson to get plenty of volume, and despite Aaron Donald, he'll get his yards. Now, he may also get a sack or two, but the numbers will be impressive. Mark Andrews is a definite play as well on the Rams. Look for Cup and Reynolds, and Gurley, I think, is a good flex play this week. Yeah, I, in that game last week where the Rams played the Bears, not only did Josh Reynolds get a touchdown, long touchdown, called back due to an, I think it was an offside penalty, but earlier in the game, uh, Jared Goff didn't throw, chose not to throw to him, even though he was five yards beyond the, the deepest defender, and instead went to somebody underneath, got a catch out of it, and they got maybe a 20-yard gain. But there's two plays right there where Josh Reynolds could have had long gains, and I think that's a possibility again this week, um, you know, uh, against the Ravens. But offensively, the Ravens, I think, are in the class, at least in AFC, by themselves right now. And uh, it was, you know, it's not like going out to play the Rams right now in the Coliseum is a huge emotional advantage for the Rams because their fans were silent in that game. In fact, there were more Bears fans than Rams fans. So I think the Ravens, uh, like you, I think they're going to outclass the Rams this week. Well, there you have it, this week's Fantasy Football Podcast. Join us each upcoming Tuesday night for a look at the upcoming NFL games. You can find us on the Radio.com mobile app, iTunes, Stitcher, Lipsum, or everywhere else you can get your podcast. The easiest way, perhaps, is just go to our website, KramerandBrill.com, and the podcasts are listed on the podcast page, or you can find them by clicking at the top of the homepage. Just check it out, KramerandBrill.com. Now, there are thousands of podcasts out there, fantasy football, hundreds of them. You can check them all out, but the easiest way to find us is just go to our website website and that way you don't have to go through all the noise and searching and everything and just go to our website kramerandbrill.com click on it and you're right there eric kramer i'm bob brill join us next time for kramer and brill a fantasy football podcast